this is Brooke Taylor, and welcome to my podcast. I want to thank you for joining me today, and I really hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and encourages you as you go through your week, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. So I'm really excited about our guest today because I feel like when I first got to Nashville, we just like kind of like bumped into each other in the bathroom and then we just started like talking to each other and I feel like we just like hit it off from the very beginning and I feel like we've known each other forever. So I'm excited to introduce y'all to Hillary Borden. You might know her from the Bobby Bones show, but welcome. Thank you for having me. And funny about our first like moment meeting each other in the bathroom, I'm pretty sure I flung open the stall, the door, and I almost <laughs> hit your stomach and I I was like, oh my gosh, I almost hit a pregnant girl's stomach. No. I felt so bad. And that's how we met. It was seriously the funniest thing because I was like, wait, I think I know her, but I'm not sure. I've seen you on Instagram. Yeah. It's like one of those moments where you're like, I definitely follow this person on Instagram, but you don't like know them yet. It was one of those like yeah. weird, awkward, like Insta moments, but it was really fun. And I'm so happy that we, uh, yes, we've become friends too. and we've, we've had these fun conversations about faith and sort of like our stories and how we really just kind of related to that way on, um, another level. So I'm excited to dive into kind of your story and how you got to where you are because we found out that our family literally is from the same spot in Florida. It's Crazy. The craziest thing. I know. Randomly, we're eating Mexican food and she, I was like, oh, wait. You you know people from Florida? She's like, yeah, my dad. And I'm like, where is he from? And it's the same place I'm from. <laughs> and like, our parents probably knew each other yes. in like some way, shape, or form from the tiniest, smallest little town. So it's crazy. It's definitely one of those like cool moments to yeah. say like it is such a small world. It really is. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear more about your story and how you started in radio and kind of how you got to Nashville because this is not home for you either. No, it is not. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your testimony and journey to getting to where you are here today. So I am from Jacksonville, Florida, was born and raised there. My family, they still live there. Um, I started in radio when I was in college. I went to FSU, so I was in Tallahassee, and that was my first radio job on 94.9 TNT. Um, I worked there for a year, and then I graduated college, and I decided to go back home to Jacksonville and work for two years there in radio, and it was such a great experience. I learned so much. Um, the people there, they're like, this is where you can make your mistakes. We'll teach you. We are going to be there for you. We'll hold your hand. We're going to guide you. And um, it was just awesome. And then an opportunity came up to go to Charleston, South Carolina. And um, that was probably my hardest year in radio for sure. And after Charleston, I, I moved to Nashville. When you you know say it's the hardest part of your career like it mm -hmm. was the hardest job you ever had like what do you what do you mean by that what happened there that you were just like this is hard so I think for me it was more mentally um I was I would definitely say it's fair to say that I experienced depression while I was there yeah um I was very I felt very alone like when I moved to Charleston first of all when I was offered the job somebody approached me about it I immediately said no. I was like, I'm comfortable in Jacksonville. This is my home. I have family here, friends. You know, I, I'm not going to go. But my program director there at the time, Cindy Spicer, approached me and she was like, hey, I think you should just explore it. Obviously, I don't want to lose you, but explore any opportunity that comes your way. And um, I, I really didn't even know anything about Charleston. I knew nobody there. Yeah. But I went for the interview and I was like, I felt God calling me, like, just just give it a give it a try. Just right. try it out. See what happens. I was told 
by the Jacksonville station if things don't work out, you have us. So I have a, I had a safety net. Yeah. My parents were like, you can come live with us. And then I had a job back in Jacksonville. So I felt fine to try it. So I went to Charleston and um, just, you know, not knowing anybody. And the job wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I just really experienced depression. Like I would come home from work every day and just cry or even during lunch breaks, I would go home and cry. And I learned I would always keep a pack of frozen broccoli in my freezer. (laughs) And when I'd go home and cry during lunch, I'd put it on my face to get the (laughs) swelling to go down and put some concealer on and go back to work and just smile and pretend like nothing just happened. Yeah. But I just I felt I felt so alone. It was the first time in my life that I truly felt like I had nobody and I had gotten to the point where it affected how I thought about myself Mm -hmm. and I hated myself. Like there was not one thing I could name that I liked about myself during that time. I feel like uh, a lot of people when they they hear uh, about radio jobs or stuff like that, like I'm sure people say it to you all the time, like I want to get into radio. I want to do what you do. I want to do this. But There's so many things along the way, and especially to be successful in this business, you really do have to move. You have to pick up and move to a different market where you don't know anybody. And I know I've kind of shared a little bit of my story with you, but if anybody listening wants to go back to episode like one and two, if you haven't listened to it, I share my testimony of like literally my whole like career in radio. But it was very similar to yours where I was in Florida. I was working in Gainesville, which is so funny because her and I talk about this. Like she's an FSU fan and I'm a Gator fan. But my very first job was in Gainesville, Florida. And at 105.3 Kiss, you know, Kiss 105.3 was my first ever radio station. And I was there and living at home. I was comfortable. I was around family. And then all of a sudden this new opportunity shows up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I'm like, I don't, what is that? I don't know anybody there. You <laughs> exactly. know, and it's kind of the same thing where I was just like, I feel like I need to do this. But then there's so much ugly that happens behind the scenes because you're so much you're trying to figure out who you are. Yes. What your purpose is, why, why you're going to these specific places. But like going through all of those valleys and stuff like nobody you probably never knew that you would end up in Nashville. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. And I've wanted to move here since I was 10 years old. Like I remember seeing Nashville on TV. I would watch GAC and CMT all the time. And I remember seeing this place called Nashville and I didn't really know what it was, but I remember telling my parents, I'm going to live there one day. I'm going to work in country music. Don't know what that's going to look like yet, Yeah. but I'm going to get there. And I remember so many people doubting that because I'm so close with my family, love my family, still I'm very close. And they're like, she's not leaving her family. She's, she will never never move. And I think that encouraged me more to be like, I'll show you. Yeah, (laughs) I'm moving. So when you, you know, were in Charleston and you were trying to figure out the next step, what did it look like when, you know, Nashville started calling? Like, what did that like transition look like for you? Was it like tough? Was it difficult? Did it just happen? Yeah, that was um, probably the lowest point of my life, I would say. I remember, um, and it may have been a Bobbycast episode. Um, This is not a plug for my (laughs) boss, but I think it was a Bobbycast episode. I was listening, um, Lauren Elena, she was talking about her story and how she had an eating disorder and she had all these things. She just, she didn't love herself either. And I was like, I feel the same way. And I remember her saying that her mom asked her to name three things she loved about herself. And I remember pausing it and thinking to myself, and this always makes me emotional, but I'm not going to cry. I remember thinking like, if my mom were to ask me that, I don't think I could say one thing. Yeah. And 
it made me so sad because I'm like, my mom, if she knew her daughter had these thoughts, I know it would kill her. Like she, she would hate knowing that her daughter thought these things about herself and, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't like anything. And, um, I remember actually having the conversation with her and she said, all right, you're coming home or you're going to Nashville. You're just going to go do it. You, you can't stay where you are. I can't watch you be like this all the time, crying and just so sad. And you used to be so happy and such a bubbly personality. And now you're not. And, um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make the move. So I went into the Charleston station and talked to um, the main like manager there, operations manager. I can't remember. Oh, she was the market president. That's what she did. And I, I just explained to her and she knew I wanted to go to Nashville. And she said, all right, let's put your two weeks in now. You're going. Even if you don't have a job there, you're going. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, this is real. Like, I just put my two weeks in that conversation with my parents. Like, hey, I just put my two weeks in at my job. I'm moving was not the funnest, <laughs> but I, I made it a point. She goes, we have to set this date where, where when you're leaving. And I, it was like two days before I was planning on moving up here. And I ended up getting something here with iHeart. I was working six hours a week. I was making absolutely no money. I was living with a girl in her basement. I just met her that summer and we were in a wedding together and she let me live out of a suitcase on an air mattress for two months. That's amazing. And I was working six hours a week here and I just made that move. So it was so scary, but this was the, the moment that I, I really saw God the most. I moved here in August in October, the Bobby Bones show was looking for a phone screener. Wow. And Bobby never hires outside of his circle, like Mm -hmm. his friends. Yeah. It was the first time he had done that. And that was such a God moment because if I wouldn't have been here in this building, I told them, I was like, give me whatever job. I just need a key to the building and I'll go make connections. And I did. Yeah. I talked to everybody. And so when Bobby was hiring, they're like, you should hire this Hillary girl. And he interviewed me and here I am. It seriously is so crazy that we're having these conversations because today's devotional that I was reading literally is talking about walking by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. And like, so much of your story and my story are so similar to where it's like you really honestly are like walking with your eyes closed. Like, yes. okay, God, where am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to go? And those moments of faith are so difficult. They are. But when you look back at it, like you said, you know, you're you're going through these moments of like, what the heck am I doing here, God? Like, why am I here? Why does this feel so uncomfortable? And it's like looking back on those moments and seeing the redemption side of it now to where you are is like, yeah, OK, I understand. You yes, know? I know why I had to go through all of this like heartache and and pain. And it was to get me here. And I remember when I first moved here and my parents came up here and we were moving me into a place, I finally found a home to live in on my own. Um, (laughs) They asked her like, all right, what's your backup plan? How long are you giving this? Are you going to give it a year or what are you going to do? And I remember, I think I got pretty upset with them, which sorry, mom and dad, I still feel bad about that conversation. (laughs) I don't think I ever apologized to them, but I remember we were in a restaurant and I just started crying and I went out to the car and I was like, do y'all not believe in me? Mm-hmm. And they said, we wouldn't be here right now helping you move if we didn't. We're yeah. just trying to look out for you and like what's best for you. And I said, I don't have a backup plan. It's going to work. Something is going to work here. I'm going to get a job and I will be fine. And shortly after that, that's when the Bobby position opened up. It seriously is so awesome to see God almost just like show off. Like, yeah. I know you're uncomfortable. I know this sucks. I know it's like really hard, but 
don't worry, I got your back, right? And to see right. like the steps that you've taken, it doesn't make sense. You're like, there's no way that this ever, me being here in Nashville isn't, you know, you're probably like, this isn't supposed to be a thing right now. And then all of a sudden, Bobby Show's opening up a position yes. for me to have. Like, what? <laughs> it was crazy. And what's also crazy is when I was working in Tallahassee, that was my first radio job. Again, I was in college. Bobby had just started the morning show here. He had just moved to Nashville and he was the morning show in Tallahassee and him and Eddie and Lunchbox came in for a radio visit and I obviously got to meet them. We went to um, dinner together and we all met and I told them I wanted to go to Nashville and they're like, well, come with us, like jokingly. And it was all a joke. And then five years later, I'm working with all of them. So it's such a full circle moment. Well, and I want to read this to you as well from the devotional that I was reading because it says, as you take steps of faith, depending on me, I will show you how much I can do for you. If you live your life too safely, you will never know the thrill of seeing me work through you. And like the word thrill just like stands out so much for me, especially in your yes. story and then knowing how similar mine is. Mm-hmm. And it's a scary thrill. It's like so scary. <laughs> you're uneasy, you're uncomfortable, you're like what is this? Like I have no idea how this is going to work out, but then I, to see like I said God just show off and be like I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I just needed you to trust me. Yes. It's seriously the best feeling in the world to just know that the the redemption side of it, you're like, I knew you had my back. I didn't want to believe it, but like I did. And then here we are. Yeah, Yeah. we're here. And (laughs) I fully believe that whenever you're uncomfortable, that's when you grow because you're being challenged. And I am a much better person today than I was 10 years ago when I was 18 years old because I've been through situations and I've had to grow. God was putting me through that to be like, all right, it's time to grow. We've, we've got to get you there. If you want to be able to handle Nashville, Tennessee, yep. <laughs> you've got to go through all this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's seriously the best when you can see and basically tell these stories to other people, mm-hmm. because I feel like these moments of faith and these moments of just like redemption and breakthrough is what encourages other people, because there's somebody listening right now yeah. that's probably going through something where they feel called to do something really uncomfortable and they're super comfortable right now. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. But it's like God tugging at you to be like, hey. Take this, just take the step. It's not yeah, going to feel good for a second, it. but there's there's purpose in it. And mm-hmm. purpose and pain is one of those things that is always like a cliche thing to say. But the pain you felt in Charleston was not on accident, you know? Right. It was for a purpose for you to literally have the guts to move somewhere new yeah. and then to move to Nashville on a whim. You know, it's like if you were never to go through that pain there in Charleston and you were to have stayed in Tallahassee, like who knows if you would be here today? Right. I I wouldn't have this job. And as much whenever you're going through those moments, and I'm sure a lot of people right now are going through those You may feel alone, which first of all, you're never alone. You always have God, but you're going to feel alone and you're going to feel like there's no way out. There's no way that things are going to be okay for me or better, but you have to believe that it will. And it it honestly will. I I mean, I remember sitting on my, my bathroom floor crying and speaking out loud, like God is, am I ever going to be okay? Am I ever going to be truly happy again? Because I, I don't feel it right now. And he knew that just trust me, I have a plan for you and it will be okay one day and you will be happy. And it was, it's also a learning lesson of you can't find fulfillment and happiness in a career in people or anything. You have to totally depend on God for that. 
I think in church on Sunday, uh, pastor was talking about how people put so much, you know, stake into things of this world, whether that be people or money or your job or possessions, things that you have. And it's like, if you aren't having any of that, what do you always have? And it's like, you always have God to rely on. You always have someone there for you. And I think that's so important, especially in today's world with like mental health and things like that. Oh yeah, totally. You can see a therapist, which I highly recommend. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like I have a therapist and it's, it's great to like have a sounding board and somebody to kind of like talk you through emotions and things and why, you know, things trigger you and stuff like that. But you always have a therapist in Jesus. Like yes. there's always, you open the Bible and, or you open a daily devotional like I do, you know, every morning. And it's like having conversations with people and knowing that you and I were going to have this conversation today. I open this thing <sighs> and then you're talking about like stepping out in faith. And I'm like, that is exactly That's what the what devotional was. said today. It's just like, it. it's always, it's always like, God's always just like, I know. Yeah, exactly what you're going through, what you're going to go through. And like you said, relying on him and knowing that even in your deepest, darkest, like lowest moments that he's there for you. Mm -hmm. It's unlike any other feeling ever. And, you know, if somebody's listening right now and you're going through that deep, dark moment, turn to God and ask him to guide your steps like that Mm -hmm. is that's what you need to do. Where what you know, literally turn my body, God, (laughs) tell me what step (laughs) to take, like where I'm supposed to go. And it sounds weird, but. It really is a practical thing that people can talk about. It really is. Like if you feel your heart's being tugged in a certain direction, that's no coincidence. Like follow that and see where you end up because God's always going to put you where you're supposed to be. Exactly. And we have talked about it as well, like kind of in the industry that we're Mm -hmm. in and I won't just say radio, but I'll say like media in general and just like the entertainment business and how hard it is. I feel like for people to open up about their faith and about, you know, who they are and what they believe in because of cancel culture or being afraid that people aren't going to like them because of what they believe and how in country music specifically, I feel like it's just been this like shift Mm -hmm. where people are like, I couldn't do this without God. You know what I mean? And they're unapologetically talking about him and, and their, their stories and their testimony and on your side of it too, like, how do you feel that the industry has like reacted or how, how it, how it's been, you know, trying to like talk about your faith and talk about who you are and what you believe in? Thankfully, I've had a pretty good experience with being a Christian and I've met people like you. And then one of our bosses, Gator, um, you know, me and him have talked about um, Christianity. So I've met a lot of really awesome People, but I think one thing I always struggle with, like if I'm open about being a Christian, is I never want somebody to think, and I've had people say this, I don't want them to think I'm judging them, yeah, for their life because I I always want to be a good example for people. I I don't want somebody to look at me and not be able to tell I'm a Christian. Yeah. I want them to know there's something different about her. You know, if there's stuff going around, or you know, like we have temptations every day in front of us, and especially in our industry, for sure. And if I'm in a place and I'm like, you know, I kind of want to leave, like this just isn't for me. I'm not judging those people who stay. And I feel like sometimes whenever you do tell somebody, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, they want to write you off. They're like, mm, she's gonna judge me for my lifestyle, and yeah. that's not me at all. Yeah, I'm I'm not that person. I want people to know I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I love you, and I. I I just want to be your friend. (laughs) Well, and I love that you said that because we actually just had this conversation, me, I think it was my husband and one of his friends, about how people do judge a Christian or like kind of like keep them at arm's distance sometimes because 
growing up in church, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I grew up in like, my dad was Presbyterian and then we grew up like kind of in like a Southern Baptist church. So we kind of like skipped over a little bit, but there's always a list of rules of like yes. what you can and can't do. If yes. you drink wine, you're terrible. Horrible. If, if you do this or do that, you know, it's just, there's always this list of rules that people feel like you can't break, right? Yes. But at the end of the day, like stepping into, you know, being a born again Christian and like finding my own path and like finding my own like, you know, relationship with God. It's crazy to to me to see how so many of like the older generation is so quick to judge on something that somebody else does or like you can't do this because this is wrong. It's in the Bible. Like you can't do this. And I'm like, well, gluttony is a sin. Like, yeah. why are you overweight? You know what I mean? Right. Like little Lying. Things, little things. Yeah. Yeah. Little things like that. And it's just like sin is sin at the end of the day, regardless of how you swing it. Like mm-hmm. sin is a sin. No sin is greater than any other sin, which is hard for people to wrap their mind around, too, because it's yeah. like somebody who murders someone and somebody who, you know, commits adultery. It's the same. Sin. It's, it's yeah. a sin. And like. We might weigh this in a little bit differently in our views and our judgments, but like when it comes to God and like forgiving us for our sins, he doesn't say, I'm going to forgive you for this sin first and then this sin second and then all the way down to like whatever. It's just like, no, you're forgiven. All you have to do is ask for forgiveness and like it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It covers it all. And I think so many people are, because I've had, you know, some members of the church question me like why are you working in country music and all this stuff which I don't think it's in the bible that says I can't work in country music right that's just my personal belief but it's like people are so quick to point fingers when they need to take a look in the mirror and look at their own life and right. nobody's perfect yeah. Jesus was the only one who was perfect yep and you know I just I hate that and I hate that there's a repu or people have that thought of Christians that we're just sitting around judging everybody because that's not the case. I just want people to know that God loves you. There's someone out there who loves you so much that he was willing to send his son down to die for you. I'm not here to judge you for the choices you make in your life. I just, you know, I want to be here for you. I want to be your friend. And for anybody who is listening that has felt judged by a church and like, I mean, it happens, right? Yeah. The thing too that people have to remember is like everybody, regardless of what you do, is a human being and Mm -hmm. we all fall short no matter, no matter if you're a leader at church or if you're a pastor or if you're just you and me, you know, in everyday world, people have to realize that we're all humans. And if you felt judged in church forgiveness is that thing that you really have to dig deep for. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's nothing against you. It's just a human being falling short at one time. And trust me, like we all (laughs) fall short a lot. We do. We are not perfect. (laughs) So if I could encourage anybody listening, it's like, give it a try again. Because honestly, when you walk into church, I feel like a lot of people will put people on pedestals like a pastor or you know a worship leader or a leader in church or just a group leader like whatever it is but it's not about those people it's Mm -hmm. about Jesus like you're there for an encounter with the Lord and that's what you have to kind of set your eyes on because when you start to set your human lens on other people like when you start to look through that human lens then that's when you get offended in church and trust me it is so easy to get offended in church (laughs) But it's like putting on that Jesus lens and saying like, all right, you're having a bad day today and you're judging me for something that you have no business judging me about. Like, okay, I'm just going to forgive you and continue my day because when you walk in, it's, it's about an encounter with God. So it's like, 
Right. We have to look past the, all that stuff. All the members there. Yeah. And it, it's <laughs> yeah. sad. I've, I've had friends approach me when, you know, they know I'm a Christian and it's so sad to me. This is the saddest thing, which I've had these experiences before too. So I understand. But when somebody tells me, oh, I've had a really bad experience at a church and I just, I, I can't go back and I don't, I don't know if I want to be a Christian and it breaks my heart because why are, why are people out there like that? Yeah. Like I just, I personally believe a church has open arms and wants anybody to come in because that's what Jesus would do. And it just hurts me when somebody who's not a Christian had that experience with a a Christian and now they, they kind of write everybody off. So I, I want to second that if you've had a bad experience with a church, find a new one or, you know, just give it a try again. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's a human thing, right? You you take offense super easily and then you hold on to that offense. Yeah. And getting rid of the offense is difficult and it's never easy, but it's really honestly, it's just an attack from the enemy. Like you're taking a step towards your relationship with God and you're taking a step in faith like we've been talking about. And the enemy of course is going to do something like send somebody to offend you at church so you don't want to go back. And it's like, that is literally the least, when you start looking at it in that mindset where you're like, if it's negative and it's untrue and if it's, you know, something that just is like stirring you and making you heated and mad, that's not God. No, that's the enemy, right? It is. You're, if you're confident in it and you're feeling peace about it, it's like, that's Jesus. Like that is what you're supposed to feel and that's how it's supposed to like happen. But like you said, we're all human, you know? Right. And we all we all have our days. I mean, I'm sure there's been times I've said something that's offended somebody yeah. and I'm sorry. But again, yeah, you have to remember that we're we're all human. We have our our good and our bad days, especially us Christians, man. Like people always do say, well, if you're a Christian, like, why do you do this? And it's like because yes. I'm a human being, you know, like we are put on this earth to be able to make choices. And sometimes we don't make the right choice. Right. And it happens. We fall short like you do, too. So right. It's like, it happens. Um, I want to jump kind of back towards us talking about the like workplace and mm-hmm. how you feel like you've had a really good, you know, so far experience with being a Christian in the workplace. I feel like so many people are really, I don't know, I guess, torn to tell people in the workplace that they're a Christian or they feel like, you know, how you said you felt judged a little bit for working in country music. But I feel like it's so cool to see God place you in spaces where people need to know yeah. him, you know, and how in the entertainment business, like country music, I feel like it's really easy for us to just talk about our faith and be open and honest about it. But say somebody who's working in a very, you know, like just closed minded place or even a city that swings a little bit more, you know, less conservative. Talking about your faith in the workplace, I feel like is such a big part of like you're placed in that that workplace for a reason for, a reason. for mm-hmm. people to like hear and know and might not even be like you walking around being like, hey, you want to come to church with me on Sunday? Like stuff like that. But just like how you said, you want to feel like people know that there's something different about you. And then they're like sitting on the other side of like the cubicle, right? Like say, for example, and they're like what is it about that Hillary girl? Like what's different about her? And then that will organically start a conversation to where it's like, yeah, this is where I go to church or like, this is what I do. Or, and, and those, those moments, like, have you had a moment where somebody is like said, what is it about you? Or how, how are you so positive today? Or stuff like that. Yeah. I, I have had people, um, 
make comments like that. I've never walked into a workplace and, you know, announced, oh, I'm a Christian. I've never done that before. So people only know through my actions. And I have had somebody approach me um, like, you just seem so happy and just positive. You know, what's what's all that about? And they'll even say, are you a Christian? And I'll explain. I'm like, yeah, I am. Like, you know, this is how I live my life. And um, I am a Christian. And, you know, I can talk to them about, oh, where do you go to church? Or we can we can bring that conversation up. But you don't have to walk into a, a place and announce that to everybody. Right. It really is your actions. And um, you don't have to, you know, be fake about it and, you know, do things you typically wouldn't do. Like, I like to do kind things for people and it's not because I feel like I have to, that's just me. Yeah. And that's one way people know something's different about her. So yeah, I just say find ways to, um, you know, show off your like Christ-like self to others. Well, and that's kind of like one of the ways we met too is like, I had sent you a message on Instagram or something and I was like, oh yeah, just text me. And then there was one day where I was just like, I'm on my way to Duncan. Like, I'm going to get coffee. Let me see if Hillary wants anything. So and I, nice. Like, I like texted you and you're like, shut up. Like I was literally about to <laughs> like leave work and go get a coffee. And I like brought you coffee and it's like those little acts of kindness. And it doesn't have to be for a friend. It could be for somebody random. You could pay for the person behind you right. or give somebody, you know, sitting outside of a coffee shop, a coffee or something. And it's just like those little ways of just like loving wholeheartedly and openly without motive. Right. Like you tried to like pay me back. And I was like, no, like I offered to get you coffee. (laughs) Like, please don't. You know what I mean? And it's just like, don't ever feel like you have to be somebody else as a Christian. If everybody in this world was just kind, like how much more awesome would this place be? You know? It would be so awesome because that that really made my day. I was in the middle of doing something for work and I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I really need to go get a coffee after. And I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I just randomly wanted it. And for her to text me, I was like, that's just so nice. And again, like at that point, we didn't really know each other, but I could immediately tell. I've like seen you post on social media about you know, being a Christian and doing your daily devotional and stuff. Yeah. But sometimes, and I never thought this about you, so I don't want you to think I thought this about you. (laughs) But sometimes you're just people, I've seen so many people who post about it, but whenever I'm around them in person, they're not living like what they're posting about. And you for sure do. Yeah. Like you are living exactly how you post. So, I mean, people who are listening, a lot of them haven't ever gotten the chance to meet you. And you are exactly who you are on social media or who you are right now doing this podcast. That yeah. is you. And that is what a Christian should be. Right. It's it's not like a two-sided thing where, oh, I'm going to post about this because I want people right. to see me in this way or because I want people to listen or that kind of stuff. But yeah, thank you for saying that. That was seriously oh my gosh, so of course. sweet. <laughs> You're not a fake Christian. Yay! <laughs> You're genuinely nice. But also to like piggyback off that too, like... People, we t- we kind of like briefly talked about this a second ago, but being a Christian and like feeling like you have to be perfect all the time, mm-hmm. I just want to encourage people to know that like, I mean, we're not perfect, right? Like no, s- sin was put on this earth because, you know, we fell short in the very beginning of time where, you know, Eve ate the stinking apple. Like, come on, girl. Like, what the <laughs> heck? You had one job, right? One job. And, and that happened. But I think that's the beauty of 
God giving us the ability to like make a choice, right? Like mm-hmm. we have those abilities and like we do, we, we make sometimes the wrong decisions. And like, I mean, I'm sure we could all talk stories and stories and stories about ways we've all felt short, but don't feel like that discounts you as a Christian because literally all it takes is like, God, I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Please forgive me, you know? Right. And I think also too, going off that is just know that People are struggling. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you you never struggle. I've had people DM me before, and I mean, all they see is Instagram, and they're like, you just seem so perfect. And I hated that so much, <laughs> yep. getting that message. I was like, oh my gosh, no. And so I've tried to be a little more, more real on there, but just know we all have our struggles. Like something I struggle with is like self-confidence issues and I have bad anxiety. There are, there are things people are always struggling with and just know again, you're not alone in that. No. And that's the thing too. Like in our last episode with Carly Pierce, we talked about, I loved that by the way. (laughs) Thank you. So good. It was seriously so good. I went back and listened to it like three times because there's this higher, you know, this higher thing that you see everybody through Instagram, right? Like it's almost like you put people's lives on a pedestal and you see this and you're like, oh, it's so perfect. It's so great. Look at that photo, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, even I, I didn't share this last, uh, last episode, but even things like my and my husband's are engagement photos. Like everybody's like, oh my gosh, these are magical. Like these are so amazing. We were in the biggest fight of our relationship <laughs> oh my right gosh. before that photo shoot. He did not want to be there. He was sick. Our photographer was sick. We were all in a bad mood. The weather was terrible. And like literally I, there's one photo that I remember where I'm like holding his face and he literally was just rolling his eyes. And I was like, I need you to smile right now. Love you. Okay, we got the we got the shot. And it's like people will see the photo, but you don't know what's happening in those moments. Exactly. Leading up to, you know. That is the perfect example. And it's true. Like, you know, I've posted pictures before. A great example is from the CMA Awards. It was obviously not 2020, it was the 2019 awards. And I remember I've wanted to go to these award shows since I was a little girl. There was a point when I was younger, I won't, minute, I won't say how old I was, but I would put, I put on one of my homecoming dresses and sat and watched the CMA awards on my couch. Cause Amazing. I was like, I'm going to be there one day. Yeah. And I got to go. We won the show, won a CMA award and we got to go. I got to get all dressed up and so pretty. And it's been, it had been a long day at work and I'm sitting there at the award show. I'm on the floor. All these celebrities are in front of me. Carrie Underwood's there, Reba and Dolly, like standing right in front of me. And inside I'm like, I'm not fulfilled. Yeah. Like this is what I thought I wanted and I'm not fulfilled. Yeah. But I posted a picture of me smiling on Instagram. Yep. But what people don't know is right after that award show, right after that photo, I was driving in my car and Kelsey song homecoming queen came on and I really thought about it and I started crying. Yeah. And people don't know that. They just see, oh, her hair's done, her makeup. She's got this dress on. She's living her best life. And she's so lucky. I wish I could be her. Yeah. And that's not the case at all. Like, I I was struggling that day really, really bad. Yeah. And nobody had any idea. And it's such a perfect thing to say. You really don't know what people are going through. So it's like you can comment on, you know, I have a girlfriend in the industry who's the wife of, you know, an artist. And she is like scared to post on Instagram because of how mean fans are. They're horrible. And it's like you don't understand the internal struggle of people and what they're going through. And for you to not know them from Adam, think about like if you're listening to this, think about yourself on your worst day. 
Mm-hmm. Like a day where you're just like, you can't get out of bed, you're crying because we all have those days. Yes, have many. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and, and sometimes you don't even understand what the emotion is. You don't understand mm-hmm. what's wrong. You're just sad. You're feeling helpless and emotional. Yes. And you're crying and you're in bed and it's one of those days. Content is supposed to happen on social media, right? Like if you're in the industry or like even influencers and stuff like that, they're expected or they're being paid to post certain things at certain times. So you commenting on a picture that looks amazing, they could be in bed crying their eyes out right now and you post a a mean comment and it's just like, for what? Why? Yeah. I actually had that happen recently and I ended up blocking the guy because I'm like, I don't, I don't need to see that. But I remember posting something and something I really, really struggle with is body image. Like I, I've just always struggled with it since I was little. And, um, this guy, I remember sent me a DM. He commented on my Insta story and he made a comment about my body and it wasn't very nice. And I, I try not to let those things affect me. Yeah. So that's why I just block. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to allow that person in my life. But that was something I was struggling with that day. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't know that. And he decided to talk about the things that I was very self-conscious about and the things I struggle with. And that's why you have to be careful, because that's going to push somebody into a darker mindset. Right. Like I can sit here and tell my friends this is what I'm struggling with. And they'll be like, no, you're great. You're you're beautiful. You're you look amazing. And yeah. obviously I'm like, are you just saying that because you're my friend? So when you yeah. have a stranger just, saying something to you yeah. like that, it's just it's a horrible, horrible feeling. So yeah. you have to be careful with how you view people online. Well, and I know that Amy does her uh, her podcast as well, talking about sort of like, you know, eating disorders. And yes. Like body image her and outweigh stuff. podcast. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. It's so important to have those conversations because so many people, you don't understand why somebody is going through what they're going through. Like I've got a friend who is one of the thinnest human beings on planet Earth, but Mm -hmm. what she sees in the mirror is completely different different. because of things that happened in her past. And it's like, there are certain things, like I remember back in college, I was dating a guy the time and he made this random comment one day he's just like you have big arms for a girl and like I played volleyball in college so like I was a college athlete you know and I was very muscular all the time and for whatever reason it was not a malicious statement it was not anything that he meant to be negative because like he was my boyfriend at the time so like he was just like yeah girl like you've got big arms and I was just like I do. And like ever since, and I still carry it with me to this day. I'm like, I do have big arms and not like fat, but it's just like, I have thick, like muscular arms. I'm just, I'm just a muscular human being. But I, every time I put on a tank top, I'm like, do my arms look big? You know what I mean? Uh, And it's just like little things that your subconscious will bring up from, I mean, that was 10 years ago, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, I still have moments. I was just talking about this with one of my friends um, and my sister too, but when I was in middle school and high school, I went to a private Christian school and we had a dress code and I was always the girl because my boobs were a little bigger and they still are. And it was something I was self-conscious about, but I would always get in trouble and it was not my fault and it was stuff I couldn't help if yeah. I wore like, you know, a cami or tank top trying to cover it and yep. they would still tell me, Oh, that's too, too low. You're showing, you're showing cleavage. My mother, if you know her, would never let me walk out of the house with looking like, looking like that. She's very modest. And she, the, the lady who would always do that, she made me cry on my senior prom night because she made a comment about my dress and how it looked 
too low cut. And she's like, I would have never approved that. But I had gotten it approved by another teacher. Yeah. And I still, to this day, I'm 28 years old. And I still remember that lady. I remember her making comments to me from eighth grade to senior year. And I now have a negative view of my body. And it's because I was constantly told that something I have is wrong. Right. And it's just, I don't know. You're still affected and you will always remember those things. For sure. And like to just piggyback off of some of the stuff we've talked about, it's like you never know what someone is going through Mm -hmm. and what there's just no reason to make the comment. You know, it's just like, just be kind. If you want to think that in your mind, it's like those sayings back in the day where it's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But it's so true because especially in this world where everybody has a platform to say something, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, uh, TikTok, everything, like all these social media platforms, everybody feels like they have this big voice and they have to make these comments. But if you read through some of the stuff, even on like you know, some like celebrities and like some of the nicest people I've ever met and like might not have a re- really super close relationship with, but to see some of the mean things people it's say, horrible. I'm like, why? It makes me so sad because we get to see these people like, you know, they come into our show, you do interviews with them and, you know, we'll do an interview with the artist and we'll post about it on social media and just seeing the comments. And I was here for the interview. I met the person. I go get them out of the garage and bring them in. And they are all, I've never had a bad experience with anybody. They're genuinely nice people. Yeah. And then to see all the comments about, oh, you know, da, 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 this person is fat or ugly or, you know, I can't believe y'all play their music, da, 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 You know, it's just, it's so sad. And I don't know why anybody thinks that they have the right yeah. To to speak on stuff like that. It makes me sick, especially women, because I feel like we have such a um, a harsh mindset on ourselves. Like we just think not great things about ourselves yeah, all always. the time. For some reason, we really do. And so it's just so hurtful whenever you see somebody say something about your body or your looks or you know, whatever. Or something you're going through. Like, oh, well, that's yes. not a, that's, that's a drop in the bucket. Like, you're fine. And yeah. it's like, you don't understand how hard this is weighing on me or what I've been through in my life, you know? Right. You just, you have no idea. And yeah. it's just, it, it makes me sad whenever I see stuff like that. Well, and I, I was just thinking about how we, you know, we've told our stories and like our testimonies mm-hmm. and sort of like some of the stuff that we've gone through, but it's like, People want to just jump in and say, like, oh, it must be nice. Like, oh, it must be nice that you work for the Bobby Bones show. Or, like, Brooke, it must be nice that, like, you're on the radio in Nashville. Or, like, you have this or you have that. And it's just, like, you don't know our stories and what we've gone through. Like, you don't know that I've, my family growing up lived on food stamps. And I have three brothers and two sisters. And we've been evicted and had cars repossessed. Like, you don't know the struggle that gave me the drive to be where I am today. You don't know that I've moved to like eight different cities and states and like every two years for the last 12 years I've moved, you know, around like you don't know the struggle to get to where we've gotten. So like don't discount people's success or say it must be nice because it's like you don't you don't you don't really don't know anybody's story. No, you don't. And that's why I I really try not to judge anybody because I, I don't know their story and just like you said, some people don't know some of the stuff I've gone through, which thankfully, you know, I've had a pretty good story compared to a lot of other people, but I still have had my own struggles and my personal struggles. And I do get those comments a lot of like, oh, you're so lucky. Like, I wish I could be you. And you just have no idea. And it, it is, it is hard. It's a hard industry. It's a hard job. And yes, it may look fun and perfect, 
on the outside and on social media, but it's hard and it's a struggle and it can really affect you mentally. I've been trying to be really open about anxiety lately. Like I just got on medicine for it this past summer. Yeah. And I don't, I just think that we need to talk about these things more and show that it's okay. Right. You know, to be like that and to have issues. We're not perfect. Right. Because people in our positions, and I mean, our position is so minuscule compared to like some other people in the industry or like in media, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's like, to have those conversations at least start here to say like, listen, yes, we are God-fearing Christian woman and we believe that we're going to be okay, but like it is also okay not to be okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, having conversations like this where you have other people to encourage you and empower you and say like, God's got your back or to intercede in prayer for you. Like that's another thing that I think is so big to where it's like surrounding yourself with people to where if you don't have faith, Take some of your friends' faith, you know, your friends are there to encourage you and to like give you their faith or like I said, intercede in prayer. And if you're listening, you're like, what does that mean? It basically just means like to pray for someone when they need it and Mm -hmm. they can't pray themselves or they just don't want to pray because they're in that season of not believing that everything's going to be fine or they're distant from God because of something they're going through. Surrounding yourself with people of faith or listening to podcasts like this or uh, a sermon on YouTube or on another, you know, platform or just listening to worship music, surrounding yourself with stuff like that is what's going to get you through those harder times and really just help you, you know, succeed and break through because that's what I, I mean, that's that's what we're here to do, right? Yes, <laughs> that's what we're here. So, yeah, that's I love that tip and that advice is surrounding yourself with people because when I was in Charleston, did not do that. Yep. I didn't have anybody. But then when I moved to Nashville, I made it a point to surround myself with people and surround myself with friends and be more open about things. If you're experiencing something, it's horrible to just keep it inside. And that's what I did there. And then in Nashville, I'm more open now. And I, I tell my friends, hey, I'm you know starting to have thoughts like this or I'm I'm thinking these things about myself. And um, you know, just being able to talk to people and, you know, my Christian friends and having their support here just makes the world of difference. So that is great advice to surround yourself with people who can help you when you're yeah. going through that. Community is like the, it's everything. It's everything. Like when I lived in L.A., I was the same way. Like I had friends. Yeah. But I didn't have community. I didn't have people that were like, hey, let's let's go to church this week or, you know, let's just having open, like honest conversations like this, you know, it's like yeah. having community in that way. So when I moved to Chicago, that was like the first thing I said, I was like, I'm going to find community and that's what I'm going to do. And I have some of the best friends that I'll ever have from that. And then moving here, I said the same thing. I was like, I have a couple people that I know, but like community is just important. I want this just like a safe space of like, girlfriends that you can have conversations like this like I mean what was it last weekend we're sitting on my couch with my friend Natalie as well and we're having conversations (laughs) just like this no microphones on but we're all talking about our lives and just it's important to have real conversations not just going out to surface level right yeah yeah it's it's so important and that's why I really do try to be open with people because stuff I've gone through maybe they're going through that right now and I'm like okay I can help you because I survived it and the only reason I survived it is because of God and him having a plan for my life so I want to be able to you know pass that along to somebody else and let them know you may be going through this right now but you're okay and I mean I still struggle I still have all those all those same struggles it's just not as bad now and I know how to deal with them right and you are taking those steps like to 
to make sure that you're not going to get back to that spot that you were in when you were in Charleston. Because you're like, I'm never going back there. No, my mom, <laughs> she will make sure that doesn't happen. She's like, I can't ever see you go through that again. So anytime I start to creep back in, some of my friends will notice, like Morgan Hulsman from the show, she's one of my really great friends. She'll notice like if, if something's off. Because we see each other every day. Yeah. And she'll come to me and be like, what's going on? Like, some something's not right with you. Yeah. And I mean, this is the friend. She's coming to the bathroom and seen me on the floor crying, having a panic attack yeah. here at work. Like, she's just, she's such a great friend. And so that's another thing, too. If you notice one of your friends, talk to them. Check, Check on, on your friends. Yep. Last week, I feel like all of my friends were going through something. And if I wouldn't have reached out to them, I would have had no idea. Yep. I was like, hey, are, are you okay? And I would have had no idea, and they were all going through something really hard. Yeah. So make sure you are checking on your friends. Even your strong friends. Like, even those people yes. that reach out to you all the time to make sure you're okay, reach back out and make sure they're okay. Because a lot of times, those people that are reaching out are sometimes reaching out in hopes that, like, you're not going through something so that they w- that way they can, like, unload <laughs> on you a little bit, you know? And it's just like, yes. but seriously, I know it's like a cliche statement to say as well, but, like, check on your strong friends, too. Like, yeah. it's important. Always ask somebody, how are you? And right. how are you really doing? Not just a, hey, how are you? Like, yeah, how's your soul? What's really, going on? Yes, mm-hmm. really dive deep into that and ask them because I'm sure they're going through something. Yeah. And you just don't know about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. I'm so happy that you got to stop by the podcast Thank today. Thank you for so asking good. me. This was so fun. When you texted me, I was like, oh my gosh, of course. I would love to. <laughs> it's just great to have these conversations with people that, like you said, like you'll get Instagram messages of like, hey, I just want to do what you do. Or I, you know, and it's just like telling the stories of just a little bit of the ugly too. It's just, yeah. I think it's just really important for people to know that there's there's a side behind those Instagram you know, pictures that we all post. And I mean, we're not going to post a picture of us on our bathroom floor crying, you know? No, I've, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, not, that's not what I'm thinking about in the moment when I'm crying. Like, oh, let me take a picture of myself and post this so people know I get sad. <laughs> right. Let me document this terrible yes. moment of my life. Right. Yes. Exactly. That's what I want to do. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I want to wrap up our podcast every uh, episode we end in prayer. So I'm I love that us. you do this. Yay. This is so great. <laughs> okay. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for Hillary and allowing her to spread her story here on the podcast, God. And we just pray that you continue to touch her life and everything that she's doing and that you continue to just guide her steps on where you want her to go. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for this platform and thank you for Um, giving us the courage really just to share our faith and share about you to people that are listening. And if somebody right now is listening and they felt a little tug to step into an uncomfortable season in their life, Lord, I pray that you just continue to tug on their heart and give them the courage and the strength to step into that in faith and walk by faith and not by sight. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Amen. (laughs)